Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Axiom Strategic Podcast. I'm your host today, Devin Dash, and I'm here with Cameron Earhart. And we have a great topic for you today, super effective for your business. Uh, Cameron, what are we going to be talking about? Yeah, we're going to be talking about effective meetings and ineffective meetings. I think we'll probably start with that, right? Because we have all been in meetings that are just a giant waste of time. Like we're, we're sitting there and about five, 10 minutes into it, we're thinking there's so many better things I could be doing right now. And that's usually when we pull out our phone on the table, right? When we start pulling up our email and start trying to do fun stuff like this. So I think it's a, a, a really relevant topic. I mean, I was even on uh, LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago and I saw a post that went viral from a CEO of a pretty big company. And he had mentioned how, he had started doing no meetings, no meetings whatsoever. The company never has any meetings. And it was a new rule, a new policy that they were implementing because he found that meetings were just becoming too much of a waste of time. So if, if you need to talk with someone, you just go do that one-on-one. If you need to pull someone else in the room, you, you do that. But there's no organized meetings. And I think like that's so extreme and so terrible. I mean, it just shows how really bad at having meetings that company is, but the post went viral. And there were so many people that were like, this is such a great policy. We need this policy tagging their coworkers and stuff. And, you know, I was like, no, this is so bad. I think you would have had the same reaction. So, um, so I think it's a really relevant topic and, and one that hopefully we could just provide a ton of value and, and, uh, and, and really just practical steps on how to have effective meetings. Absolutely. Uh, follow-up question to that. Yeah. Two, two, actually. Number one, did you cold email the CEO um, and talk to him about our services? <laughs> and number two, did you keep track of all those commenting and look for the, the business owners or leaders and, and talk to them about our services? Like, it yeah, like a I, lot I of people have. <laughs> who low-hanging fruit there who are not really getting a lot done in the business, uh, it sounds like. Or maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe we're on the the end of our life cycle and meet, you know, meetings are a thing of the past. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're getting it wrong doing away with meetings. And, and it's probably the result of just so many ineffective meetings that they were having and so many complaints from their employees of saying, you know, John or whatever the CEO's name is like, th- that was such a waste of time. And so he, he's probably thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to help our company where we become more efficient by not meeting. You know, it, it's such a trend in the culture too. Like, I think that's, you know, your point was the CEO is catching on to something that is kind of like a, wow, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's the only word that came to mind, a zeitgeist, like a movement, a generational movement where people are realizing meetings are ineffective. And it seems like rather than address the issue of like, well, how do we make our meetings more effective? We're just trying to throw solutions at it. And one of them from the CEO was, We'll stop meeting. Um, it reminded me of another one. I got an email from a software that I use. It's called Otter AI. It's an automation tool that transcribes your meeting notes for you. Mm. So if you have a Zoom meeting or a voice recording or an in-person meeting, um, you just turn it on and it will capture different speakers. It's pretty cool. Um, but side note, they were I didn't sign up for the premium premium. I signed up for like the level one premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they still send me emails that are basically trying to incentivize me to buy, like upgrade, continue to upgrade, get all the features. And the one feature that they're trying to get me to upgrade to is the, what they call the Otter virtual assistant, 
and you can actually send this assistant to zoom meetings. Um, and I don't know how it works, but my guess is like it, you attach it to your email address. And so when you get invited to a meeting, a zoom meeting, if your email address linked to that order account is signed up, this virtual assistant sits in the meeting and records the meeting <laughs> and then proceeds to transcribe all the notes for you. But their catch, <laughs> their catch line was like, Hey, meetings are so ineffective. If you don't have to be there or you can't be there, then just send your virtual assistant and capture all the notes. Anyway, I was like, no, like this is there. This is collateral damage. Like Otter is being a victim is a victim of this movement of ineffective meetings. And again, rather than trying to solve the problem, they're just kind of just going with the flow and saying, yeah, meetings are always going to be ineffective. Let's, so I, <laughs> let's not waste your time. That's hilarious. I, I would love to see at a company where, you know, they implement this software, they, there's a meeting that's scheduled and everybody sends their otters and it's just a meeting of otters and there's no people in the meeting, but, but yeah, I mean, I think I, you're absolutely right. Like that is just a, a clear sign of how ineffective meetings can become. And, and I know I, I mentioned, I referenced the office a lot. <laughs> so I apologize for anybody who has never watched the office, but that show did a great job of really embellishing this idea of how ineffective meetings were. I mean, Michael Scott, the, the boss was constantly calling these meetings and the employees knew every single time, like this is going to be so pointless. So uh, such a waste of time. And so, um, so yeah, I think it's extremely relevant uh, for our work culture. So let's jump into really what the meat of the discussion is for this podcast, um, the obstacles to an effective meeting. So why don't you share um, just kind of, I know we have a list here, but walk, walk through this list, starting with what we have here is the top one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just starting to address these one by one, um, a little progress over time will totally transform your meetings. Um, and the first one is, is the first obstacle to an effective meeting is the lack of preparedness, right? And this, we we've done other podcasts on how to be prepared Mm -hmm. um, but just a general lack of preparedness. And this really is maybe a sub point or an overall theme of a lot of the other obstacles that we're going to talk about today, but not knowing what you're going into the meeting for, or not having done your homework to bring substantive items to the meeting to discuss is, is going to lead to rabbit trail discussions. It's going to lead to, uh, a, just a general lack of direction about what we're there and what we're trying to accomplish yeah. uh, in the meeting. And, and it's not, even if it, it's not one person, even um, I'm sorry, no, it's even if one person comes to the meeting unprepared, right there, there is bound to be uh, either a lack of contribution, or then you spend, you spin your wheels in meetings trying to get someone up to speed because they didn't do their homework and study all the relevant information and so it, it takes away from the limited amount of time we already have for problem solving and moving, moving the business forward and, and working on the business as we like to talk about it and, and use that yeah. phrase. <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, you know, just an example of this would be uh, someone in a leadership position who typically they're going to be like a counselor or a coach more than likely. They're going to love having everybody together in the room and they're going to call an impromptu meeting. Uh, something just happened in the marketplace and they, they want to get everybody's ideas and they want to come up with a game plan, but they don't tell anybody that this is what the meeting's about. They don't even come in like knowing how to guide the discussion. They just call this meeting, everybody gets to the room and they throw that topic out there and they say, okay, 
let's figure this out. And everybody is like, what the heck? Like I was just working on this project. I don't have, I haven't done any research. I don't know the context. I don't have any time to think about this. And, and that's when we see just really unproductive conversations. There's no preparation for that meeting. It's just uh, a kind of a um, one-off, like let's yeah. figure this out in the moment kind of thing. And, and it's rarely ever effective. Well, and, and it can even be counterproductive, right? Because we, we've had this experience where CEOs um, are you know, serial entrepreneurs. They are listening to a book and they, they hear something of value in the book and they immediately want to go in and implement it. So they call a meeting yeah. and they're the only person who's read the book, but they want to get, they just want everybody in the business to think about how are we going to make this happen? Yeah. And what you find is, is it's counterproductive. Again, it kind of stems back to the idea of information, but it's counterproductive because then you have a bunch of people giving insight and input. If, if a CEO or a business owner calls a meeting, no, people aren't going to say no. And people aren't going to sit in the meeting and twiddle their thumbs. Like they're going to contribute ideas, but the feedback and the information and the ideas and insights and, and you know, potential actions that come from that meeting are going to be anecdotal. They're going to be ill-informed because not everybody has read the same book or, or been pre prepared in the same way that the business owner has. And like the, it, unless somebody is bold enough to raise their hand and be like, uh, this is the opposite of what you had a student last week. It's, it is going to be counterproductive um, to business operations or just just business in general. Right. Yeah. And, and a key part of preparation, which um, ties into our, our next point here, is to have an agenda. Uh, the lack of an agenda can really destroy the effectiveness of a meeting and it goes into being prepared. And, and actually, at the end of this podcast, if you can hang on with us till then, we're going to walk through. Uh, the key components of a leadership agenda, uh, what we teach the teams that we work with. But having a, an agenda is an extremely, extremely important. I want to hear your thoughts on that. But alongside that, having an agenda is great, but also understanding and having the entire team or the entire um, everybody in that meeting understand what is the main purpose or objective of this meeting. So talk a little bit about that, um, you know, what our leadership team when we get the leadership team together, what's the main purpose or objective of those meetings and kind of, you know, the, the, um, how valuable an agenda is. Yeah. <clears throat> so that is exactly right. Defining what the, the scope of the meeting is going to be is really what we're talking about. Uh, and so the example that we work with day in and day out, um, with different clients is our leadership team meetings, the agenda and the overall scope of those meetings is to work on the business. And for us, that, that has a very specific meaning in the sense that we work with businesses to de design plans and our leadership meetings are the scope of those is executing the plan. So it starts with that 10 year vision and then working our way down from that. Once we've established it's the two to three year strategies, and then it's really the, the operational goals and quarterly priorities that need to happen, you know, in it kind of in chronological order in order to make that vision a reality um, and start to, to draw more hard lines uh, about what that vision looks like and make, yeah, make it a reality. Mm -hmm. And so the leadership meeting, we, we would say simply put is working on the business and not working in the business. So it, it clearly defines a scope. It has a main purpose and a main objective of the meeting. And it doesn't like it, it's big picture planning and execution on that plan. 
So it doesn't involve things like getting in, digging into the weeds. Now, sometimes that happens because maybe uh, an issue that, that is an obstacle is popping up in executing the plan that draws us into the weeds and it, you know, we realize it's a root issue. It's going to prevent us in the future from accomplishing something. Sure. But realize there you're only getting drawn into the weeds to the effect, to the extent that they are adversely impacting our ability to execute the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And we're basically saying with leadership meetings, okay, if we can take an hour and a half, two hours to work on the business every single week, then how much time will that save you outside of the meeting? So we've worked with businesses before. I won't say any names to call anybody out, but we've, we've had it before where uh, we're doing the, the assessment of the company and we hear from every single leader, really every single person in the organization about how they just have a culture of putting out fires. We're just constantly putting out fires, getting pulled in a hundred different directions. I got to go over here, help this person, go over here, help this person. And so we go to implement uh, leadership meetings and we've heard the pushback before of, I don't have two hours to give away in the week. I don't have two hours to sit in a meeting during the week. And they're, they're failing to understand that two hours of working on the business is so that you don't have to get pulled in a hundred different directions anymore. You don't have to constantly have a culture of, of putting out fires. Like that's where we address that and work on that. So if we're never working on that, you're never going to change that culture. And so it's really, um, that two hours that, that you're uh, devoting to a leadership meeting should in the long run save you, you know, tenfold that amount, that amount of time outside of those meetings. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump to the next one because when you have a defined scope of the meeting, right, the next thing you should look at is, and, and make sure that everyone in the meeting agrees um, or at least key leadership in this case agrees on is who's on the invitee list, because we know that there is, there's a lot of different ways we can go. With it. I think first and foremost, making sure that the people who are on the list will actually be able to provide value input to valuable input to the meeting. Um, and I think too, making sure that the content that we're going to be talking about in the meeting is digestible and, and can be heard by the people on the list. Right. So mm -hmm. one, we want to worry about who is coming because when we don't think about who's coming to the meeting, it can be a huge obstacle when, you know, you have the, the HR director, I'm just using this as an example, coming into the meeting and they happen to be one of the, the main pain points. And we can't talk about this person's lack of performance uh, with them in the meeting, right? So that that could be, a, there's a lot of situations where you can find yourself saying, well, we want, we want to have all areas of the business represented in the meeting. So you pull in operations, you pull in accounting, and maybe you have different divisions. So you, you pull in a, a service department, you pull in a, um, an install department, and their managers. But the people who you need, you know, who you need to address problems with are now in the meeting. What, what gets done? Man, I can't, can't believe you picked on HR like that. <laughs> no, I, I I'm joking. <laughs> we, we are, we referenced Toby, right. From the office, but um, to that same point and HR people, I'll stand up for you. Uh, let's say each meeting, you know, or two or three meetings in a row, you're asking for information that 
the HR person has and they're not in that meeting. By the third meeting, if that's happening, that's a pretty clear sign or, or a pretty good indicator that we need to get the HR person in this meeting. If we're constantly needing to have discussions based on information that one person has that isn't in the meeting, that person should probably be in the meeting. So there you go, HR people, standing up for you. No, and I, I like what you said there because you you said something and you implied um, an important point, which is kind of the importance of exclusivity in deciding who is who's a guest in the meeting. Uh, and I, I think we talk about it this way because if your meetings aren't being scheduled in a you know, central calendar and people aren't getting email invites, um, you should probably look at Outlook, Google, or any other sort of you know one calendar system for people. Um, because you, everybody needs to be on, know when the meeting is, what time it is. They need to have accepted the invite because if somebody's not at the meeting that should be there to your point, we want to make sure that they're invited. Um, but you said we ha have meetings and we realize after the third week in a row that the person who we're going to for these questions with these questions is not in the meeting. And then we need to add them in. And I think that stresses the importance of exclusivity. Yeah. Um, and the point is, it's a whole lot easier for you to um, invite somebody to the meeting than it is for you to disinvite somebody from the, a meeting. Yeah. Right. And we have, I've seen situations in the past where, you know, we, we pull kind of a, a middle level manager in the meeting and we, because they have a lot of insight. And, and then they come the next week because we've talked about the topic for, for two weeks in a row and there's still some follow-up discussion. And then they get invited the next week and they give some input into an issue that's you know indirectly related. And then they just keep coming and you find yourself in a situation, as I mentioned before, where now you're pulling topics of discussion off the table because there's an individual in the room who, who shouldn't be there. So yeah. stressing the importance of be selective about who gets into the meeting um, you know, and, and have a kind of a, a short aside here, have qualities, have characteristic, characteristic kind of matrix that you look at to say who, who, what, what's the makeup of somebody that should be in this meeting? Yeah. Um, you gotta have yeah. the defined objective. You gotta have all of these things in place in order to be able to really clarify who should be on that invitee list. That's good. Yeah. And I, I and just kind of as a general rule, you know, we, we prefer for leadership team meetings, not to get over eight people it depends on the size of the meeting but we have teams that have 10 12 individuals in there and they're often just not as productive they, are, they often take way longer there's there's way more rabbit trails and stuff so if we can you know depending on the size of the company if we try to limit it to eight people max in that room, I, I really think like five to six people is a sweet spot I, I think we could be you know more productive but yeah that's extremely important and it's also you know highly related to that the people in the meeting of their general attitude. When we talk about leadership meetings, you know, we have our leadership affirmations. We just did a video series. I think we've done a podcast on them before, but there's there's so many qualities from our leadership affirma affirmations that we expect leaders to carry in the leadership meetings. So if we have someone in the leadership meeting who is constantly um, saying stuff like, well, we can't do it that way. This is the way we've always done it. You know, we can't, um, no, that doesn't make sense. Like shooting down ideas, being highly contentious, um, bringing a lot of stress into the meeting. They're detrimental to the meeting. Um, they more than likely shouldn't be on. They're more than likely shouldn't be a leader um, or they need a lot of coaching. Right. But making sure that everybody around the table has an understanding of 
what helps a meeting and what kills a meeting, um, which, which again, stems back to just leadership competencies is extremely important. Um, you know, I think that's kind of like the next one. And then falling into that, who's the facilitator and do they understand how to facilitate? So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I think realizing that there's one person who's going to be in every meeting who, whose primary role is to support the discussion and stay on task. Um, and, and this is such a unique role because oftentimes this person does not get to contribute to the extent that everybody else does because mm -hmm. they are listening for, um, you know, they're listening for, for points of data in the meeting or points of lack of data. They're asking clarifying questions. They are, you know, they're doing their best to counterpoints and draw draw comparisons and contrast different different um, in pieces of information that are being brought to the discussion. Uh, and their primary role is to get the best solution for whatever topic and objective you're trying to solve. Yeah, right. right. And that's like facilitating is one of the like best kind of positions to take in a meeting because you're just fact finding like you're you're a sleuth you don't have to have the answers <laughs> right you don't have to have the answers and but everybody else in the meeting is, is then being made built up and, and more made more effective as a result of that um so you're really your two primary roles as a facilitator are fact finding and, and getting information more information so asking good questions and then the next key piece of being a facilitator is what like asking next steps, like drawing conclusions that are based in action, actionable items that are being brought out of the meeting. Mm -hmm. So for example, one, one of my favorite questions that I ask in, a, in any meeting is, okay, so who's doing, you know, if you have a, a clearly stated conclusion, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what needs to happen. Question is, who's going to do that? Yeah. And if you don't know what that conclusion is and what needs to happen, the question is, Okay, so what's actionable out of this discussion, right? Yeah, and and you, you maybe you have some things that you can prime the pump with. So it you know is is the accounting department going to pull a customer list and do an evaluation of you know top five customers over the last thirty six months? Or like you might you might be able to prime the pump a little bit, or you're just again asking the question of is somebody going to raise their hand and volunteer? to work extra to solve a problem. Um, and then this is the, the other role that I think is important and it, it works in tandem with the facilitator as a secretary. And to the extent possible, it is important that these two roles are separate because the secretary is able to participate in the meeting in a way that the facilitator is not, but they're also making sure that if somebody says, oh, you know, that, that's probably, that's something I need to look at then that secretary is capturing not just the general summary of, of each discussion item, but they're tracking who is committed to certain actions and then making sure that that's recorded and sent out after the meeting and recapped so that everybody knows this, this meeting wasn't fruitless. There is further discussion that's going to take place or there's actions that are actually coming out of the discussion. Right. Yeah, that's good. And going back to, the facilitator conversation uh, real quick. I, I think one of the key issues that we often see with a facilitator position is the you know, CEO or president decides that they want to facilitate. 
And, and sometimes, I mean, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Um, they could be the facilitator. I, that's not the problem. The problem is they uh, often feel like they have to be the one with all the answers. And so they go into the meeting and a topic and issue gets brought up. And instead of facilitating the conversation, they immediately say what the answer is. They immediately say, here's what we need to do. And so there's really no productive conversation amongst the leaders. It's the CEO facilitating and then giving what um, they want to make sure happens. And so it takes a, a lot of humility and you hit the nail on the head. You have to get really, really good at asking questions. So when someone says, oh, we can't do that, you, like the first question, why? Why can't we do that? Like explain it to me. Um, and so a facilitator who can get really good at asking questions and then help the team get to the right solution is ideal. And if the CEO or president is not capable of doing that, then they should not facilitate. And that's often, you know, the biggest problem that we run into uh, with facilitators in leadership meetings. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this goes, you know, we've said this before, maybe on this podcast, not this one, but I know we've said this before in one of our podcasts is that the principle there really is you're, if you're the owner, you're speaking through a megaphone, right? And so the idea is when you say something, everybody else is hearing it as if it's magnified 10 times and it's 10 times louder than what you actually, so your point is the, the owner might say, well, this is what we really need to do. And he might just be saying, this is the problem clearly stated that we need to solve. And this is what we need to do. Ultimately, we need supervisors to review all of their crews, period. He's not saying he knows how to do, he knows how to do that. He's saying, this is what we want to happen. The rest of the discussion is what, like what systems, what processes need to be created? What, what rhythms do we need to start in order to make this happen? And everybody else is going, yep. Oh, okay. Great idea. Like let's, yep. We need the supervisors to evaluate all the crews. And, and that's, there becomes this, that like vacuum of discussion, which I think yeah. is what happens when the owner be, is really taking that role of facilitator. It can yeah. happen, right? They can, I'm not saying it can't be done, but yeah. Um, better to have a voice at the table than be the facilitator. All right. So let me, let me recap real quick, just hang on, obstacles. We, and yep. Hang on before we go, before we do this, um, there's one more kind of key component of being the facilitator that tied better to a different obstacle that we haven't mentioned yet. And the obstacle is any, you have to avoid high stress, highly contentious, um, topics like discussion. And I, and I want to clarify that because that's, that seems really broad. Um, and saying that you want to avoid high stress in a meeting is like, that's nearly impossible. Um, and for a good team, you want some stress, like you want stress, but I want to say, un, maybe clarify it to say, uh, unnecessarily high stress is an obstacle to an effective meeting. And that's a, that's a key job of the facilitator to address and kind of put the, put the kibosh on any, any sort of highly unnecessarily high stress topics. Um, and so a good example, I think the best way to do this is an example um, where you have, uh, this is often seen with operations and sales, right? This is like a universal, a ubiquitous conflict. The sales team in the, in the typical scenario is the sales team what's their focus selling 
selling, selling, selling. Like that's how those guys make money. That's how the company makes money. And it's operations job. This is a very simplistic scenario, but it's operations job to figure out how to get the work done. My job is to sell it. It's operations job to figure out how to get the work done. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes you see that conflict flesh out because work's not getting done. And if you're in a production business where the work has to get done in order for the revenue to come in the door, it doesn't matter how much you, it doesn't matter if you've sold, you know, let's, let's say 20 million. If production can only get 10 million done, the sales guys are not getting their commission if, if they're, you know, paid when invoice is collected. So that conflict often plays itself out in those, in meetings, maybe business, you know, leadership meetings where you have an operations manager at the table and a sales manager at the table. And let's say they already have a strained relationship when, when to no fault of their own problems in the business arise, um, let's assume it's no fault of their own. When issues in the business arise that prevent, you know, disgruntle one or the other, if they don't already have a strained relationship, you're, you know, maybe you've seen this before where the operations manager says something and it's a direct, maybe kind of arrow and attack on the sales manager. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what, what happens there? Now the sales manager, rather than having any sort of productive contribution to the conversation is defending himself. And so the job of the facilitator is to like call timeouts and avoid unnecessarily high moments of stress um, that are, that are going to lead to like counterproductive grab it trails, like stone throwing and just unproductive conversation. So I just wanted to say that now I think it's important. What do, go ahead and, and finish what you were saying. If you remember, <laughs> you're good. I'm still blown away at the use of kibosh in the <laughs> section. Um, yeah. So, so basically, you know, lack of preparedness, lack of an agenda, uh, making sure the main purpose or objective is defined, uh, staying away from high stress or highly contentious uh, areas, like you said, um, and, uh, making sure the in invitee list is, uh, solidified, having a good facilitator who knows how to facilitate. And so that, you know, those are kind of the main ideas, the obstacles that we have to overcome for an effective meeting, but real quick in our last few minutes, as we wrap up here, talk about just the key components of an agenda, uh, specifically a leadership agenda and what that might look like. Yeah. So I, I, these are, this is a kind of a summary of the things that we have on our agenda. Um, the first component that I think is important and we, every consultant at Axiom agrees is important. We start our own internal meetings with this is a welcome, right? Seems duh. It's like a obvious answer, but it's the welcome is a focus on the culture. And so we call it a mission moment. Um, but the welcome is a time for everybody to come around the table and just acknowledge that acknowledge who's in the room, um, allow for the small talk that is, that is necessary to move from one context into a new context and then focus everything around what is most important to every business, which is the culture. And so I would say the best way to do this is it's an opportunity to highlight where, where the culture, where we're winning at culture. Um, and that could be highlighting where somebody lived out our values. It could also be highlighting a, Hey, we, we had a difficult conversation or, uh, with somebody who wasn't living out our values, um, that resulted in a positive outcome. So a mission moment, just an opportunity to focus on 
things of first importance, the values, the vision, the why, um, and the mission of, of what we're doing in a business. Moving on to the second piece, uh, and Cameron, cut me off if at all. I am flying through these because I want to honor the time of our listeners. Uh, the next component is the check-in. And this, this we see this played out a lot of different ways in the clients that we work with. Um, it's a leadership update. It's, hey, here's some changes and some transitions in our teams, uh, people that have turned in their resignation, new people that we're hiring, just to make sure that if you have something that another um, person you know, in the meeting needs to know about, that you can, it's kind of a quick touch point. You can kind of make that quick connection. Um, but it's also a way for us to, you know, in some cases, it's a way for us to kind of take a step back and say, okay, we had the welcome. Now we want to make sure that our heads are in this right space. So let's check in. Is there anything on your mind that is taking you out, that is tempting you to, to withdraw mentally from the meeting? You know, we've heard things like um, employees who have lost loved ones. We have heard employee, you know, leaders who have family members who are getting surgery um, during the meeting or, or the day of the meeting. And so their minds are elsewhere. And it, and it gives us a moment again to kind of check in and say, thanks for sharing that. Like, happy to know that, that you're, we need, you, this is what's tempting you away from the meeting and glad to know that you're now all here. Um, and if you need to step out, we're aware of why. Um, so that, that's, we see the check-in, you know, for sales managers, we, we see the check-in can be, hey, here's our sales today for the month. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of different ways, but it's just a quick one, two, three, one, two or three items on your list that, that are top of mind that it's important for everybody else to be aware of. The next point is really simple. Um, you have one because we've talked about it being an obstacle. If you don't have one, it's just an agenda overview. So the next item is, hey, here's, here's, the, here's the roadmap for our time. Um, we, we tend to have, if we have a, a certain amount of time allocated to each agenda item, then it's helpful for everybody to know that. We don't, we don't typically do that, but I know other sort of meeting facilitators, I want to say EOS, they have kind of a set time that they allocate to each agenda component. Um, it, it, the, the point of that is to say the agenda overview allows you to kind of take a step back and say, this is what we plan to cover. Is there anything else that you're willing to throw on the table that we need to reallocate time to because it's of that much importance. And so it's just a time where you say anything that we need to add, is there anything missing that absolutely has to go on the agenda today? Um, and we leave it up to our leaders and our, our people who are in the meeting to, to make a good wise decision about that. Uh, the next component is to do's. And so we mentioned the role of the secretary and the facilitator um, and lack of preparedness. So this kind of ties all those together. If you do not have to do's in your meeting, then it might not mean that that meeting is ineffective, but the next one, if there's not to do's on some subsequent agenda, then your meeting is likely to be ineffective because you're probably rehashing old information and you're probably making decisions over again. Um, because they need to be made over again, because nothing's been done with the decision. And so you should have to do's as a component of your agenda. And these are simple, short descriptions of who was responsible and what were they supposed to do. And this is a really brief time on your agenda where you say, is it done or not done? If it's not done, why not? 
I didn't prioritize it. Okay, great. Thanks for being honest. Uh, I can't get it done because I'm, I'm running into this issue. Okay, well, let's talk about that during uh, the next component of the agenda, which is issues, insights, and actions. Issues, insights, and actions is where you're going, we, we find that we, you should be spending a majority of your time. Mm-hmm. So this is bigger picture, big, big, bigger topics. Um, for example, one of our clients is trying to get, get accurate gross profit um, on every job so that we can do postmortems and understand where we're falling short, where we're missing maybe on pricing, uh, where, where we're losing productivity from labor in the field, all, like everything. It, there's so much, so many business decisions and consequences of making sure our jobs are profitable. That's a, that's a highly important topic for this particular group. Um, and so we spend a lot of time figuring out what's left in order to be able to get a gross profit report by job for mm-hmm. every job. So we spend 45 minutes a week, you know, an hour up to upward of an hour and 30 minutes a week talking about this topic and trying to figure out what's next, who's, who's going to run with that so that eventually we can have a meeting where we have a report in front of us and now we're able to make new decisions and have new conversations about how to, you know, make our operations more effective. Uh, and then lastly, the recap. This is a, in the meeting, this looks like a, just a quick summary of all the to-do items that have come out of the discussion. And after the meeting, it's a 24-hour follow-up. So just a, whether it's a Word document um, or it's a Google, link to a Google Drive, Uh, document. It essentially is just, hey, everybody, here's the minutes. Here's the main points of our discussion. Um, Here's the to-do items. And it allows everyone to, you know, have the work that there is cut out for them for the following week. And it also allows them to prepare for next week to refresh on what was the discussion so they don't cover new information or old information again. And that's it. So mission moment, focus on the culture, Make sure everybody's heads there, um, that, that information is being shared across the guests. Overview the agenda. Make sure you have time for all the important topics. To-dos should be happening. Leave time for discussing big picture items um, and make effective, productive, data-informed decisions on issues related to the business. And then recap. And that's it. Perfect. Simple. Good stuff. Yeah. Simple. Yes. Very practical. Um, appreciate you sharing that. So hopefully this has helped. Uh, hopefully your meetings become more effective after this. Let us know if you have any questions, any ways that we can help you with your meetings. And if you have a great week, we'll talk to you next time.